This is Toast to Our Differences, presented by Shu. Hello everyone and welcome to Toast to Our Differences. I am Vuj and next to me is the lovely Morgan. And we have linked up to create a series talking about issues which are perhaps quite complex that mm -hmm. are sort of very relevant to society to today. Mm -hmm. A lot of people feel uncomfortable talking about these topics, so it's going to be nice to actually have the conversation. I'm going to have a few experts and a few guests coming along to help us prompt the convo. Hello everybody and welcome to the yo, yo. Toast to Our Differences Toast to Our Differences podcast. I'm Vooch and I've got a wonderful Morgan with me. Um, this podcast is about learning new things. It's about, you know, challenging potential ignorances that, that we all might have and we've done quite a few topics which I feel are quite relevant to society today and and um, I've been learning a lot on this journey. And I think today will be quite a particularly interesting episode. Because, you know, I'm a big football fan. I know um, Joe, who's with us right now, is also... And we also have um, Sakima, who's a, who's a musician. And today's episode, it's about LGBTQ plus issues. It's about equality and, and us, I think, learning about how do we... How do we educate ourselves and everything that's going on, especially as myself. A bit of an ignorant, straight male. Um, but I do want to learn more. And um, I think you guys will be able to help me. And, and Morgan as well. How, how are you feeling today, Morgan? I'm excited because it's a conversation that needs to be had and it's important for people to listen to the opinions of people who are living that life. Mm, mm. Definitely. It's, it's very important. A lot of people are ignorant on this subject. So yeah, let's go. For sure. <laughs> let's start with, um, let's start with uh, uh, Joe White. I mean, I've got a few, few bits of information on you that you are a part of Free Lions pride and the gay gooners i'm not sure if you founded it but you're part of it if you could just let me know and let us know what what you yep. do in the organization so uh i'm co-chair currently of arsenal gay gooners so that is arsenal's lgbt plus fan group it was the first in the uk uh, back mm. in 2013 and then as part of being involved in that i've been co-chair for about a year now but was campaigns officer before that since about 2015 um, and as part of that I was involved in Pride in Football which is like the umbrella organisation in the UK which currently has around 50 um, LGBT fan groups uh, and so uh, I was mainly do campaigns because uh, that seems to be my shtick uh, and as part of that me and the then uh, chair of Pride in Football Di Cunningham who's Norwich fan because someone has to be we <laughs> We were we were going to England games uh, quite a lot, both very passionate about the national team as well. And so we national team to have a fan group. So we went out to Russia for the 2018 World Cup um, and kind of waved our rainbow flags and campaigned out there um, and worked with LGBT plus Russians to highlight it as an issue. Well, I think that would be definitely something we'll touch upon. I was actually in Russia myself for the World Cup and I know... The LGBTQ issue in Russia is quite contentious with, with the government and perhaps the, the mentality over there. So we will definitely touch upon that. And um, and Sakima, I believe you and Morgan know each other. Very well. Do we? Talk do to we? me, Morgan. How do you guys know each other? Talk to us, Sakima, about what, what you do. Well, so I'm a songwriter and a producer uh, in music and work with Morgan a lot on her project. Uh, I do my own artist project. <laughs> I have my own artist project uh, where I kind of more freely can express my identity or my sexuality uh, mm. in various ways, um, which, is, which is really good. I'm really lucky to have such a thing. 
um, a platform in which to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I identify as queer, but I think I also sort of, the lines kind of blur a little bit around there. And I sort of think that actually, I'd, my, I was lucky enough to be raised by parents that were very left field and liberal and like sort of, they didn't ever put any religious or gender or um, political pressure on us. Um, mm. allowed to be who we wanted to be. So as a kid, like uh, the only way my uh, mum could get me to walk to school without causing a scene was if she let me wear this dress that I loved. Mm. Um, mm. But, uh, and I just, but so the experiences like that, I never developed um, a clear sense of internal identity. I always just felt like, um, I always just felt like a person, like a human being. I just expressed whatever I wanted to because that was sort of the scope as a kid. Mm. It was like limitless, absolutely limitless. So yeah, I think, um, but I think outwardly, like some days I want to be a cis male. Some days I want to play with that. Some days I want to be completely feminine. I want to wear makeup. Like it completely Mm. ends on the person that I wake up being that day. Again, yeah. yeah, one one thing um I think you know you hear a lot and and there's always a story. I don't know what you guys, you know, think of the term coming out. And did you have your own experience of, you know, telling everyone, "Hey guys, I'm gay by the way." Like <laughs> or you know, I'm queer or I'm interested in in both uh, genders or sexes. Um did you did you have that and what do you think of the actual term? Do we even need that? Is that is that even a necessary thing to have? Can I can I just ask Joe and um, what do you identify as? So I'm I'm a complex one and touches on uh, coming out. So I came out originally twelve years ago now. So when I was fifteen um, at school as gay and had like told a couple of friends um, and people that I trusted. One of those turned out to not take it particularly pleasantly and basically was trying to blackmail me with it and I'm a stubborn person very very stubborn person so I was like you're not going to blackmail me on this and just kind of went oh by the way everyone I'm gay if you don't like it (laughs) bye Um, that's the kind of person I am Uh, so had that but January this year I'd started kind of exploring my gender identity a lot more and came out as non-binary so it's kind of similar to queer uh means that some days i'll present male some female some kind of neither some both uh Mm. and it's actually quite difficult and it goes back to the what's the difference between the g and the q sometimes i feel like queer represents me better but especially when i'm male presenting i feel like gay can still represent me and it's okay. it's very mm. fluid and personal. Whatever labels you put on yourself are for you to put on and not for other people. Mm. It's like the whole thing about not fitting into a box. It's not that clear cut, I think, for mm. people. Um, and it might work for some people and not for others. So mm. I think, and it's very fluid. We're learning more about ourselves as we let ourselves kind of explore outside what the norms are. And... Mm kind of let down our own guards to what we want to kind of feel and how we approach ourselves and our sexuality and our gender identity. Um, Coming out to my parents was interesting. Um, (laughs) 
so did that around Easter time because why not? <laughs> the resurrection. Um, and family aren't religious or anything, but sat down and there were tears um, and then a lot of silence. I actually kind of didn't speak to my dad for a bit. Then I hit about 17. So you're talking about a year and a half after I'd come out to my parents and it had been really uncomfortable kind of situation. My mum was very much in the middle between me and my dad. Um, and it got to the point that it was like, if you keep going down this, at that point I was starting to buy things like gay literature um, mm. to kind of feel involved in a community because there wasn't kind of any community mm. in that I could find in the whole of the county that I lived in to the point I actually founded the LGBT youth group in the county because there wasn't one um, and I was like if I'm going through this someone else <laughs> surely will be as well uh, and basically was told by my dad if you keep carrying on this you're not really welcome here and I went well fine um, and moved out wow. and lived with my mum's uh, friend so my mum was coming to see her friend for uh, like teas and drinks after work and she was actually coming to see me um, and only moved back oh, in dad. so Did my dad didn't have a clue where I was no because he'd have caused issues um, and only moved back kind of home for like six months before uni because I'd had my appendix out my mum basically put her foot down and went Joe's moving back in don't care whether you like it or not but there was silence and I remember so vividly moving to uni I went to uni in Manchester and it was like an hour and a half um, car journey up there I'd moved up on the Thursday by train because I just wanted to kind of enjoy my freedom Manchester great place lots of LGBT yeah. groups big community feel there um, superb so I'd moved up beforehand and was told basically by my mum we'll be up Saturday first thing with the rest of your stuff um, and kind of expect it to be the last time you see your dad like oh. he's going to drive up but so I'd kind of you build yourself up to these kinds of things and I get a phone call at like eight in the morning um and I knew my mum was going to phone me when they were nearly there and I was like oh right. and look you can tell she was emotional and she just went I'm here and like my dad had refused to come and she oh, wow. basically had to tell me your dad doesn't want to see you again and any of that and I didn't speak to my dad for like three four years um but fast forwards and we've reconnected really well um he's the person who got me into arsenal for my birthday this year um he came he, he lives in devon now he came up from devon to visit me the week after my birthday and we went to arsenal newcastle together and February is LGBT plus history month. So with Arsenal and Gay Gooners, we quite often that month in one of the, before one of the games have an Arsenal for everyone tournament, which is about kind of getting Arsenal fans all together to play football in a five-side tournament before an Arsenal game and kind of share the message that Arsenal is for everybody. Uh, we had like team, we've had teams in the past from Southern Italy, uh, Arsenal fans come and enter teams. We have teams from all over kind of join and take part of that and join under the message of Arsenal for everybody. And my dad mm. played in um, the Pride in Football team that entered in that 
uh, alongside me so like it's come really full circle but and you forgave him which is amazing it's like forgave but not forget and he he kind of appreciates and understands that and he now tries to do his I'd almost say he's now more of an advocate for me than my mum because he's kind of had that journey and he now kind of wants to understand so he went out on a night out in Soho with all of my friends for my birthday <laughs> uh, loved it like we we had to get kicked out as the last people because he wanted to stay oh wow the whole time like he's gone very much <laughs> what a turnaround <laughs> wanting wanting to understand and he's very thankful for all of like my friends that supported me when I was having a really difficult time from him and I think kind of like I I say to people if my dad can go from basically kicking me out to Mm, being one of my mm. biggest advocates I think there's a lot of scope for change for people when Mm -hmm. they understand that it doesn't change really who you are underneath everything you're still the same Mm -hmm. person and kind of having these conversations is so important for that because and we get this at football a lot when we challenge chanting or like pass away comments that people make and people go, oh, well, we've always said it while you're trying to politicise football. We get kind of the same thing. You could almost do an FAQs of what you expect people to say in response to it um, Mm. and just give them a response to everything they have. But a lot (laughs) of it is, okay, that's, you're finding this conversation uncomfortable. You're finding it difficult. That's fine when you haven't kind of had to consider this as a point before. But if you're feeling uncomfortable with this just being raised as a conversation, how uncomfortable is the person who has to live their everyday life and being going to feel when this is not just a one-off conversation, this is every minute of your life. You have to come out whenever you meet someone new. You come out all the time because there is an expectation that you are straight kind of even things like in the workplace talking about partners people will still assume that that is a heterosexual Mm. couple and you then involve things like bi erasure into this because if you're a bi person and you're in a heterosexual relationship people will just assume you're heterosexual and like you they very easily forget the that people aren't just because they're in an opposite sex couple doesn't mean that they are heterosexual. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of work and conversations that need to be had. And I think coming out is important to show that visibility. And it's something we've seen in both Gay Gooners and Three Lions Pride is that visibility is helping change kind of the atmosphere in football stadia because we're showing that actually what you're saying, what you're chanting isn't a dig at the opposition players isn't a dig at the opposition fans it's actually a dig at your own fans Mm. and you preach all the time about how your football club is a family well is it really a family if you're not including us Such an interesting. I think yeah. the combo of football is like it's such a difficult one to have like I've I've been to plenty of games I mean the Balkans I've been to like you know Belgrade derbies you know Red Star Belgrade Arsenal I went to the games and and I remember when I was younger I remember actually seeing the Gay Gunas sign uh behind me at one point I was at the away and then I remember being like oh Gay Gunas like 
like I didn't know how to take it. I think as a, as someone I'd say when I was at a younger age, a, a bit more ignorant, and I almost kind of thought like, oh, like gay gooners. I think I took a photo and shared it. And I was like, yo, shout out to the gay gooners, out of like a surprise element. But I feel like now because I've had more experiences, you you gain a bigger understanding. I think especially in football, it must be so difficult. And it kind of like raises the question, I think, you know, to, to both of you to, to chime in is like, there's no gay footballers. Like, yeah, I think I that's mean, one big question. That, I don't, yeah, it's, it's my, so my, my boyfriend plays football. And when I'm watching, when we used to be able to go to the games, you just hear abuse. And this is like, like you hear abuse and you think this is why the gay footballers are not coming out. It's because it's already so bad and they probably feel intimidated because the statistic is there is one in it, there is one gay person in every 11. So there's one in 11 gay people, right? And there is 11 people in a football team. So we know for a fact that there are a lot of gay footballers that haven't come out. And I think it's a subject that needs to be brought up because it's, it's, it's horrible to think that there are people that are not living their truth because of how someone else might feel or think. And actually their opinion is so irrelevant. What, what's your opinion on as to why footballers don't come out gay as often as maybe in the music industry or do you know what I mean? Because obviously the music industry. Mm-hmm. And in a women's game as well, sorry, I was to chime in, in a women's yeah, game as well. Yeah. Women's game is much yeah. more common come out as you're potentially lesbian or queer or kind of share your identity and you're not going to get abused. The fact that football specifically is sort of the like, in my mind, if we're looking at the UK, uh, sort of like the one of the pinnacles of masculinity and that it's very much imbued with a, with, um, all with, with an almost uh, what's the word? I want. I just want. I don't know. I can't figure out the word. But it's just it's imbued with all this, like all these like masculine masculine traits, and like it's very like the fact that you're like why do we not have mixed gender teams playing in like big leagues? I want to call it um, like um, like on big games that you see on the TV and stuff like that. Like why why is that an uncomfortable thing? Why is that not allowed? Why isn't that happening? Surely that should be happening. Like, like, and so, like, I don't know. I feel like the masculinity around it is so precious, and people use it. I, a lot of people, not everybody, use it. Uh, in my opinion, as this opportunity to reinforce their masculinity. And um, when, at the end of the day, it's what it is. It's it's a game. It's like bringing people together. It's like a shared experience. It's about um, fun and joy and all these things and celebration. Um, but what it has become over time is this vehicle for masculinity, um, which is one of the reasons why I feel alienated by it um, on the opposite end of a football engagement. Um, so, yeah, and I, so I think and it's, it's a great um, sort of case study, I guess, for how society and legal rights are very different um, because of the, like Morgan was saying before, like you can just hear like... Just the kind of vocabulary that people use that like are negative towards anybody that or like towards queer people or gay people or whatever else like there is slow incremental change in football but mm-hmm. fans are a huge part of that especially when there isn't visibility on the elite male pitch mm-hmm. and i think changing the atmosphere in the stands 
makes and creates an environment that a player who feels comfortable to do so knows that they'll have to support the fans if they do come out. And we kind of need to flip the question around of why isn't a player out? When is a player coming out? Because mm. coming out is so personal anyway. It's yeah. not right for everyone at every point in your life. But if you, as a fan, if you've got a player in your team who is LGBT, you want them to not have to spend their energy hiding or worrying about what they say and whether they're going to slip up or something. You want them focused on the football. And so you want them to be able to just be comfortable in themselves and not have to hide and kind of visibility. And whilst that visibility isn't on the pitch, we are making sure that visibility is in the stands and that it makes a change. And like Russia was insane for that because we were having people from all over the world coming over to us and asking us. With So the Three Lions Pride banner we've got has a massive uh, rainbow through the middle of the Union Jack. And so it's really visible, very clearly LGBT plus. And we got it, so the England-Panama game, uh, we got it right by the goal. So every one of Harry Kane's penalties, when that went in on the TV coverage, you saw our banner. And that was going out worldwide. And we were getting messages from all over the world on social media. We were doing kind of, I think we did 43 countries media in like a three-week period whilst we were out there. People were really interested about what kind of made us kind of go out there and want to be visible what were the challenges why is it important in football and we got to talk with the governing bodies so we managed to get links with fifa links with uefa links with the fa and we managed to have these conversations that otherwise we might not have got if it was in somewhere like germany for example so it being in russia was both horrible situation for the LGBT community but also we were determined to make something positive of it and when we were out there we were making sure that we were working with local LGBT groups that we were working with the foreign office and the embassy out there and making sure that we really shone a light on LGBT equality in Russia and within football. Mm. Well, it's frowned down upon in, in Russia quite a bit. I mean, I think it's even legally. I'm not sure. There so it's, it's sort of it's legal to be LGBT, but they have a anti-propaganda law. So it's very similar to Section 28 that we had in the UK, and it mm. basically means that you are not allowed to promote homosexuality to anyone under the age of 18. So, for example, us with our rainbow flag showing that in public would be in contravention to the law because it's promoting homosexuality potentially to someone under the age of 18. What was sports in school like for both of you? Uh, <laughs> well, there were, I see some laughs from the okay, straight away. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, for me, I, I enjoyed sports until I understand, like on, the premise of sports I really enjoyed. Uh, I am a competitive person. Um, I will try and win oh. whatever it is I'm playing. But like, so don't get me wrong, like, I do want to get involved. But then I guess that, yeah, I definitely, with a lot of homophobia, I was the same as Joe, like I came out in school. 
um, quite young, and um, and I think that was difficult. And it just like and like I was saying about like how sports can be this very like masculine focused environment, so it didn't really lend itself to like one of the only out kids in this huge school. Um, yeah. It wasn't really my place to thrive. Um, and it was, and obviously you become like, I think when you come out, especially at a young age, you be, kind of become like the pinata of these kids, well, no matter what they identify at the time, because God knows like there'll be plenty of kids that bullied people for being gay that then grew up to then like get in touch with their own sexuality. Like it just happens. Um, so, but like wherever they're at at that time in school, like, yeah, I do, I do feel like you do become this sort of, um, you become the opinion of that that people can bash to validate their current identity at the time to like help them fit in or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, so sports was hard. I wanted to enjoy sports, but I wasn't really able to participate. And it actually, interestingly enough, one of our, my PE teachers in the last few years of high school sort of recognized that and actually allowed me, for better or for worse, like allow me to sit out of the PE and stuff like that and it was like you do you like if you want to go and like write or like do something like that like use the time when you want to use it because like yeah, obviously yeah. this is an environment for you and right now you don't need that and they literally just get, gave me like a get out of jail free card for like the last couple of years of school which I thought was an absolute hero moment um but sadly also really rare so yeah. I mean yeah it's a pretty toxic environment I imagine for mm. a lot of people how about you Joe I think it sums up very well by aged six. I was the only one that didn't do football after class with the rest of the boys and instead did did country dancing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the writing was on the wall for a minute. <laughs> but kind of like, I think the biggest reason in secondary school I didn't kind of play football especially is because I'm shocking at it. <laughs> But I played, I like represented the school in tennis and things like that and represented county at, just wait for it, it gets better than country dancing, crown green bowls. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a competitive person. If I don't think I'll win, I won't play. Yeah. Fair enough. Like, Fair enough. That, that is, Both of that you is, that that is my level. I'm right there on that page with you, don't worry about it. <laughs> Especially kind of around coming out, I'd stopped following football as much as well so I used to go to games with my dad my best friend and his dad um, at the local club and you start picking up things as you're exploring your own sexuality of what words are being said and what they actually mean and when you hear those slurs and realize actually they're talking about you you kind of don't want to be involved anymore yeah. and so I really I didn't go to a game live for probably 10 years and as someone who is like football mad like I used to be such a stato I could tell you the time the Arsenal scores for that season and who scored what time they scored like everything I was that much into my football and so sad about it <laughs> and then to go from me. that to go from that to not wanting to like go to games or watch things i had like my ninth birthday party at shrewsbury town football club because it was the local football club and i loved football that much like <laughs> i went from that to not really following football closely for like nearly 10 years because i didn't feel it was somewhere that i was welcomed 
and it, I only got back into football because of finding out about groups like gay gooners and realized, well, actually there are people that are like me that are in the community mm. that go, there is that kind of support aspect in going to games mm. and it, it's making a huge difference in the stands. We've got, I think, Arsenal Gay Gunners membership is now around a thousand worldwide. We cover every continent, including Antarctica, in that membership. Oh. We've got people in countries where it's illegal to be gay, where you can be killed for being gay, that kind of message us and say that we keep them going because they know kind of it can be better and they know that they can be part of an Arsenal family that puts out messages for Pride that you get players like Hector Bellerin posting on his Instagram pictures of us at Pride saying it's great to see. Like, Do you think that, um, do you think that being a homosexual or just LGBTQ plus in general is easier in the music industry than it would be in football? Um, I think it depends what angle you're coming at in music. Um, I would hazard a guess that it's like maybe uh, like the commercial side of it. Yeah, like um being a queer or um LGBTQIA plus writer or producer is like very different to being an LGBTQIA plus artist. Um okay. and you're in, eye, you're in the public eye more. Yeah, so like I've ex- I experience a lot of um homophobia uh, as a writer and um, from ARs, from manage people's managers uh, from labels people telling me that I can't use male pronouns even though if someone's getting pitched to an artist they can change the pronouns to whatever they want like that's irrelevant it's just from the perspective of the writer or like yeah. myself in this example um, um, and those and that can like really kind of affect the uh, rooms that you get in. I've worked with other writers that have been really homophobic to me in sessions. Um, uh, writers that have excluded me from um, conversations in sessions uh, because they, my opinion isn't, I don't know, they've expressed that my opinion isn't as valuable to them. Um, when we're trying, if we're writing a song about like a more traditional he and she love story, whatever it is, um, sort of always having to step down in those conversations or then again on the artist side as well like managers old managers who have told me I can't be too homoerotic I can't uh, what does that mean? homoerotic just like uh, art that's like sexualized um, okay yeah in a homosexual way so um, but that could that doesn't need to be like two men in a photograph like interacting it could literally just be one person like playing on like kind of cultural references um within gay history and stuff like that so anyway um but like yeah i've had my old managers like tell me that i can't release a music video because i kissed a guy in it or like i can't use male pronouns things like that and so it's so it's very very prevalent um as much as in a lot of other places um but i do i would i would hazard a guess and say that if you're if you're performing or working within the uh, sports industry within football that like it must in a lot of ways be a much more magnified experience of discrimination or prejudice than what I've experienced in music I can only imagine but how, how I mean you know to kind of you know drawing towards a conclusion you know how far do you think 
maybe in football but also in society are we from a more you know we've obviously come a long way but from a more accepting world of of different um sexual orientation gender identities um what kind of state do you think we are in right now and how far do we have to go to get to a sort of you know place where we don't even have to think about it and like in a dream world i think we'd have you know you do whatever you want man like you have to tell me what you are you know how far are we kind of from that it's a it's a difficult question because it's just not a linear path it's just not a steady increase like we see it in america with the populist backlash with trump and stuff like that like things regress things go back Mm, um and yeah for like every step forward you go two steps back kind of thing and that's just and that's just sort of like how society moves and how it like shifts and figures itself out and evolves um and i think that as long as we can uh like recognize each other and be open-minded and uh appreciate and do our best to respect and not erase anybody's identities or anyone's realities and create spaces for people where other say like for myself like as a white person like it's my responsibility to take the opportunities that have been given to me as someone who isn't straight to pass then try and figure that out and understand what that means to me and then be like how can i then pass that on to someone to maybe a black queer artist how can i then help bring them into the opportunity that i've just been given or things like that like we all have to be able to like connect and link these opportunities and to uh for to be seen together because we all matter at the end of the day um and I think obviously there are parallels to sports and football and stuff like that in that as well. But yeah, I just think it's it's a much bigger picture. And as long as we can like remain stood back so we can acknowledge the bigger picture and like and appreciate the reality for other people um, and pass along our opportunities that are given to us and things like that, then I think we're already, you know, taking the right steps forward. Um, yeah. But as long as we appreciate that, you know, it's not always going to be a, a linear road it's not always going to like just be like success 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 until like yeah. one day no more success we just did all the successes no more things to be successful in like yeah, yeah as long as you appreciate that yeah. i think yeah <laughs> there's beauty in the struggle there's beauty in the struggle almost there's something to be learned from i guess the rocky road for, for all of us joe uh actually uh, one thing that happened actually in football recently was um was in america it was i think quite a powerful moment where landon uh donovan who used to be the u.s national coach um he he got his team. I don't know if he led it exactly, but one of his uh, players was was called a homophobic slur in the pit. Players actually said, "You know what? If we do want to stand behind something, let's you know this is a time for us to kind of take a stand." And I believe they they walked off and forfeited the game. Um, quite a big moment, I think, in football. Obviously, you know, it was MLS American League, which isn't as popular. Um, and perhaps these things should be happening across the board in, when there's, when there's um, slurs in, in football that, that have been kind of common over the years. Um, you know, how did you take that moment? And is that sort of a step you think, you know, in a positive direction? And are you hopeful uh, as, as someone, you know, quite, quite uh, prevalent in, in, in the football world? I don't I know think... if prevalent is the right word. Sorry. My <laughs> I, mean, I, I will take that. That is going <laughs> on my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for that. I mean, that's great for a bio. <laughs> Take it in. I think it was totally unexpected. And for someone of the profile of Landon Donovan to very 
clearly and openly make that decision as the coach of the team and to take his players off and go, they were 3-1 up or something, for goodness sake. By yeah. forfeiting, they not only lost the game, but they also meant that they couldn't get into the playoffs. They were 3-1 mm. up against a team above them. So, like, it wasn't a small decision to make. Yeah. And I think that makes it even more powerful. Mm. And the week before, they'd had issues with racism and they'd said that they won't stand for it, that they were a team, they will stand against discrimination. And then that happened the week after to a player that is openly LGBT. So, like, for them to... It's very easy to say one thing and when it gets down to it and the tough like decisions because ultimately you want to play football you want to win football like that's why you're a professional footballer mm. to end up making and taking the decision that meant you lost on the night but you did the right thing and you stood up for your values you stood up for your player you stood up for a community that is often forgotten about in sport like that meant a lot to a lot of fans and i actually think they've got a lot of new followers from across the world because of it mm. because people went that's what we want to see in our own clubs we want a club that isn't afraid to call out discrimination however it comes like it's football's called the beautiful game but we all know it has an ugly side and mm. if you are happy to stay silent when the ugly side rears its head you are part of the problem it is not good enough to just be silent anymore whether that is as a white person when racism happens, whether that is as someone who is male identifying when misogyny happens in the game, whether that is as someone cis when LGBT phobic incidents happen in the game. You can't remain silent. It is not good enough. Because the only way we are going to make it a truly beautiful game is by all standing up against any form of discrimination. That is the only way you are going to make it something that everyone can enjoy if they want to. And until we do that, like, things aren't going to progress. Like, mm -hmm. It's a, just over a year from the England-Bulgaria game where there was racism. And I was over there and I remember kind of the atmosphere of not actually really knowing what was going on, just knowing the players were coming off. Then we could start hearing what the Bulgarian fans were saying. And... It's the first time I've ever seen a group of fans, especially England fans, all rally together against discrimination. And that gave me a little bit of hope and optimism. And we saw it in Russia, like the amount of people that were actively engaging with us, wanting to understand why it was an issue. And there are these little pockets and micro experiences that give me hope mm -hmm. but we need them on a much more macro scale to make long-term change and we need to be having conversations we need to be discussing like we are now quite openly and honestly and people actively listening and being good allies like being an ally is so important because as morgan was saying like the estimates are there's what one in anywhere between eight and one in 11 that are LGBT in the world. We're a minority. Like we understand that we can't 
actively change things for the better without the support of allies. And raising us up doesn't bring other people down. For example, on pronouns, so I use they them pronouns just because it fit, it fits much better with the fluid of the, the fluidity of my gender. And for example, using gender neutral terms isn't just about helping people who are trans or non-binary. By breaking down the gender binary, you are also helping women because then you start losing terms like policewoman and you start losing gendered terms. You start losing the kind of stereotypes of gender roles, like helps men because it then goes, oh, you don't have a male nurse, you just have a nurse. It breaks down all of these structures that bind us to a system that doesn't work for everyone. It tries to fit you into a box and it just does not, life isn't that simple. Life is complex. We are all very, very complex and we all have different layers to ourselves. And by raising other people up, you not only help them, but you make it better for everyone. Thank you for the conversation. I do feel, think you know, I've learned a bit myself. Um, yeah, hopefully the world will be progressing more and more and we'll all be sort of learning more on our journeys. I mean, I know I've grown up in, I'd say, quite many homophobic environments and you know as I said like I've been called gay myself and it's such a weird thing that this is even I think a slur people try to use it as a slur I think is also quite a it's hard for me to take as someone I guess who straight doesn't understand why would you use that as a slur what is that you know what's the problem with that <laughs> where should we where can we find you know guys you know for the audience that are listening for ourselves I um, mean you know, if you guys want to plug where we can find you maybe any resources your Instagram. whatever you'd like <laughs> whatever you'd like to promote at this current like current the Instagram time. that I just set like a social media limit on on my phone <laughs> we've watched the, the social dilemma I see okay yes 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 we watched it we immediately deleted Twitter and then I immediately re-downloaded Twitter after that so. <laughs> that's what I do we're addicts <laughs> got a problem that's a separate podcast okay <laughs> That is a separate podcast for real. Um, but yeah, where, where can we find you and, and you know any, anything that you want us to check out and your audience to check out? Uh, if you want to check out my artist project, uh, which we talked about earlier, that explores uh, queer identity and uh, queer sex, um, you can go on Spotify and just search Sakima. It should be the first or anything that comes up, hopefully. Um, and that is S-A-K-I-M-A -A for anyone that is confused um and yeah the rest is links on there <laughs> and uh and, and joe give us your plugs your, <laughs> electric uh, ones electric ones if, if if you're uh enjoying my unique sense of humor and take on the world you can find me on pretty much any social media at joey white with a one for the i because, you know, there are too many people called Joe White and I didn't want 17 numbers after my name. Uh, <laughs> if you are an Arsenal fan, LGBT plus or an ally, you can follow us at Gay Gooners on Twitter and you can sign up for free, which gets you access to our newsletter membership details. And when we're back in Stadia, you can get to a game, which everyone on this should totally come to a game with me <laughs> at some point. You'll enjoy it. If not, least just for the drinking 
Um, and then three lions pride is at the number three lions pride on twitter thank you guys thank you, guys, thank you so much toast to our differences uh we're toasting to us uh drink Tasting. up imaginary wine uh, <laughs> yeah, but he's joe's got the vodka he's gone through that <laughs> Bloody old joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, man. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so See you much. Later. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to Toast to Our Differences brought to you by Shoe.